Hey, everybody, this is DJ J. and Cynthia Gayton. And this is a special episode, episode 16, live from the Ethereal Summit. Shout out to Eddie, Manny, and Moises from the Not Found Collective, Holy Wi-Fi. They just dropped the most exclusive robot AI-generated blockchain rapper. Like wake up, play low from the rest Multiple diamonds, it's ethereal, they call me fancy Lala, why you so against? TikTok brings flipping on the block It's ethereal on episode 16 Holy Wi-Fi wrapping through a machine Not worried about paper breathing Coding a matrix street We blockchain our art An intellectual property Smart contract in a world computer Meet skepticism Liquid crystal glow This is machine learning flow Trust me then flow for Combinations of clever code However the endeavor goes This that exclusive Robot Flameology Hey gold, he long maintain crypto rico dies Bending a bitcoin, ah he julio Pachamama, he a tio rico Oh mama, duro, soccer, petro, coin, pana, trans Began to chew, s la, economia, chico, stacking, trans Americanic, chew, s, dios, holy, india New blue sonic, collecting coins Decentralization and semiotics It is new money, cryptomatic, up on a textbook Mean war, creative destruction of the classical economics Symphonic holograph, the storyboard for the comics Art 404, and Dennis the Bulls Ladies and gentlemen! We sat down with some of the smartest and most talented people in the blockchain art space. They happen to all have congregated in New York City. Well, not really New York City and Queens, with not really Queens, in Maspeth, New York. But don't let that fool you. This is like the Silicon Valley of blockchain. Uh, Cynthia, what is one word to describe what, where we were at? Knockdown center. <laughs> the, see, you can always get literal things from a lawyer. That is awesome. We were at the knockdown center, and it was a knockout event. Once again, shout out to Ethereal for bringing us up, forking over those tickets. I will say that um, it was a crazy event. Uh, you know, the crabs, the lobsters. Oh, there was other stuff besides food. Uh, there's the food was amazing. A little bit of there was some beer. There was some beer. There was some beer. Um, all walks of life there: man, woman, child, old, other. Everybody was in the house. In fact, the bathrooms were very progressive. Yes, they were. I was afraid you were going to make a comment about that, but <laughs> go on ahead. <laughs> no, it was interesting. I I've been in unisex bathrooms like that are like single, but I've never been in like a whole like public bathroom unisex style. So when we talk about progressive events, we're also talking about going to the bathroom here, folks. Ethereal, shout out to y'all. Ethereal is an Ethereum sponsored event, consensus sponsored event. Um, but it wasn't, you know, although it was all Ethereum in that place, you know, people were talking about the Dogecoin, people were talking about the Bitcoin, it was all, it was all love in there. Um, the Pepe's were big out there too. Everybody was there in the place. Shout out to the Rare Art. And, uh, yeah, so to sum it up real quick, this week, how crazy it was. On Wednesday, we had the Rare Art Labs auction in D.C. Um, I hosted that. And um, yeah, I mean, famous artists were in there. Like, shout out to Nat Chirala for being there. He's like one of my favorite hip hop uh, inspired artists. I actually bought a piece, a bit rare digital piece, off of him at that auction. Yeah, that auction was crazy. Yeah. 
the cool thing about it to me was that's this is what you need digital art for. Because a lot of what you see, you're thinking, well, I could just print it out, I can just put it on my, you know, it's just a poster or things like that. But you could see with these pieces why you need, why it needs to be digital. Because they're animated, they shape shift. Um, so the, it was definitely that kind of, of opportunity to see what the purpose is of digital art. Yeah, 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 and then after that, we uh, got in the car and headed up to uh, Creative Tech Week for Thursday's event. Uh, Cynthia had to get there early, started, she was on two different panels. For the most part, I have to say fundamentally, the contracts need to change because they are skewed in a way that were intended for a process from 100 years ago and a method, certainly with music, uh, the way that uh, copyright, copyrights were allocated um that was a crazy thing because uh it was a little more like uh intimate shout out to isabel for throwing that um i was on the uh music blockchain panel with tatiana jonathan mann uh casey pearl um and uh that was hosted by my man dennis i'm interested in getting exclusive content and people and then using that exclusive token that could be in like because i use counterparty right now you can download the itunes application that uses my dj pepe token as the summon a monster in saratoga you can use my token to um you know pick up shit you can the token might be fucking useless but if it's in your wallet and people see you have a dj pepe token you're like that was fucking cool you know what i mean like that's <laughs> Yeah, that was a crazy event. Uh, I even DJed at the end of it. Um, I didn't have any turntables. I had to rock the controller. Right after that, we had to go to Ethereal to scope out the spot because we had to do all the interviews on Saturday. So on Friday, we got to enjoy uh, Ethereal for a little bit. We got to hang out in New York and all that stuff. And then... We got kicked out of a space. Yeah, we, we, when, we were, when we were looking for spaces to do the media room, uh, the organizer brought us back to like the art gallery portion of the Knockdown Center, and uh, we got <laughs> got bum rushed by like some big football player dudes. Yeah, that was. I was like, I didn't think I'd ever get in trouble at an, at an art gallery. Yo, Ethereum does not play when it comes to security. Let me let me warn you all, all you whippersnappers out there, do not try to sneak into an Ethereum event. All right, these dudes got Miami Hurricane football players in there bouncing for them. It's not a joke. It is not a game. These dudes were like, these dudes were now off off duty cops. Like these these mofos were like in the in it to win it. Um, and then so like the next day on Saturday we did the ethereal event. I must say we put in a lot of work. We sat in the media room for about nine hours. Um, special shout out to Jordy Bebop the robot, Jordy Bot, Mr. Jordy Bot. He uh, really took care of us uh, in terms of like holding down sound, photography. Uh, he offered foot rubs, but unfortunately we were out of time, so we, we, the guests weren't able to take advantage of that. Um, but we, get, we talked to a number of people. Uh, we're going to get into these interviews later, and you'll see who we talked to, but um, it was pretty crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it certainly was, we, and it was, it was pretty good weather. Uh, we didn't have any, anything to really worry about on that score. There were some really interesting pieces, and I hope everybody had a chance to, to look at the at the art. Um, the art block area was was well attended, I, I think. Uh, it was really cool. The art project had their 
project going on, so the artists were there actually working. That was very, very awesome. So that was nice. And then the, uh, so that, you know, for, from that perspective, seeing artists work, and I understand that they were sponsored, as well as seeing the art that was being shown. And then there were people that were, happened to be participating in this. And then seeing so many people we knew that I couldn't have asked for a, a broader and nicer range of, of activities to just experience the whole range of uh, what's going on in, in the art space and blockchain, at least from my perspective. Yeah, it was great. Ethereal, Ethereal did a great job at the event, no questions. Uh, I gave it a 10 out of 10 in terms of, uh, you know, how the how they laid it out, the meticulous uh, details they put into it. I mean, it was great. I mean, yo, they had lobster rolls, finger food lobster rolls, bro. Like, if you weren't there, you missed out on a lobster roll. They had crab cake joints. They had, they had, uh, they had little, uh, what are those things called? Those, uh, Grape leaves with the lemons sprinkled upon it. It was it was awesome. And they didn't have cheap beer. They had like real beer, like real craft beers in that place. Like everybody was happy. They had video. They had they had even had a smoking section. Yeah, they had a little casino in the back that was uh, put together by some artists that we uh, that we interview. And that was that was pretty nice. So there was there was something for for everyone. Uh, the whole experience is crazy. Uh, I guess the best way to sum this up is to um, let the people that we talk to discuss it. But before we get into that, we have Cynthia Gaten's top five news. All right. So the top five are really incorporating what we what we experienced this past uh, past week. But an article I want to start this off with is called Praying to Satoshi at the Blockchain Art Expo. The article is by Louise Mitsakis, Wired Magazine. It came out May 14th, uh, just you know, a couple days ago. Uh, was talking about consensus venture support of Dada New York City. And that happened on May 12th. So we were we were there when this happened. In fact, we we, we had an opportunity to speak with them right after it was announced. Um, and then the fundraising and sales heights that were reached by Codex Protocol and Rare Art Labs, $190,000 was raised in support of a foundation that they are that they are starting. And so it seems like a nice collaboration of really great people that also happened on May 12th. So that's those two things were covered in this praying to Satoshi uh, article. It, what this is in reference to is that there was an installation um, that would appear to be a somewhat of a prayer station and people could kneel and there were images related to uh, blockchain cryptocurrency stuff so it was it was obviously play on words but it's it was a very interesting installation and it's a great article to get us summary and a flavor for what we experienced would you say that there was a that so that i saw that shrine it, it was crazy i took a video of it um would you say that that kind of undertones the whole religion thing in blockchain mean as a as a way of emphasizing it yeah i mean there was a shrine to satoshi and vitalik well i think it it was i think it was making a kind of a mockery of it in the sense that you know you have a shrine and you have satoshi and you have vitalik and these these leaders in the crypto world and 
while it was intended to be somewhat uh, uh, soothing and relaxing, and you have the you know the kitties, the waving kitties are all around it, and then the uh, oh, good yeah, luck, sweet. the good luck kitties, and then they had little incense and things like that, and flowers and, and offerings. It, it was making a mockery, um, but that's how people think about the so many people's admiration for these individuals um, almost to the point of a religious fever or fever um, and wasn't uh, there was a and I'm not, I can't remember Deepak Chopra was there and guiding people through a meditation I think or doing a talk so th- there was a, certainly a sense of I'm, I'm not sure if that was intended to be a mockery of anything but there was uh, that that kind of west coast feel definitely made its presence now <laughs> at ethereal uh, so that was that was fun what do you think do you think it was religious I think all blockchain is slightly religious that's not necessarily a knock but I mean people are religious about their money so you know at the end of the day a lot of this boils down to that Um, next thing, we participate. Both of us participated in the Crypto Creative Panel discussions on May 10th. That was another, you know, there was Creative Week, so there were other events going on. I wasn't able to see because it was really just three days of jam-packed activities for for us, either as part of the um, as part of the coverage of the Ethereal as well as the Crypto Creative. Um, those were more straight-up discussions, but I do have to say, as opposed to a lot of the things that, that I felt were going on in Ethereum, what I saw, um, these were more down-to-earth for the artists. Um, I don't think the Ethereal necessarily had the same kind of engagement one-on-one with, with artists, because there were predominantly artists in the audience. So that went by pretty quickly i thought isabel did a great job keeping everybody on track until the very until the very end um but we had there were four to uh, four panels and we'll have youtube on all four of them because that was live um available live so you could have watched it live next 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 thing i wanted to talk about was the theory of summit itself is uh, sponsored by consensus um there's surprisingly not a lot of coverage i was looking for specific news on the on the summit, and I'm thinking what's you, what's happening. Fortunately, unfortunately, is is more of the coverage of the auction. Um, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I was surprised because um, that event was crazy. I don't know. Maybe I just don't get around enough blockchain functions. But to me, that was a pretty great. It was a thirteen hundred dollar ticket, I think, just to get in, and then you know VIP and other stuff was more. Um, and they, they treated people, you know, they, they, I mean, it was, you got a lot of stuff, I think, for going there. Uh, I'm not sure how, you know, what else people got out of it. Um, there were a lot of workshops, a lot of talks and stuff. The ETH Doth Bridge was really cool. Jessica Angel and them were doing. Uh, Joe, Silly Daddy, he, 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 he drew up some comics. Um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on over there. And uh, what was the question? Yeah, yeah. So they, as far as the coverage, yeah, it's mostly coverage from the auction. So, luckily, Ethereal was smart enough to bring us up there because we've got all the coverage, post coverage that you need. So anybody out there that's listening to this, gather about how me and Cynthia did this. All right, you can invite us here. 
your uh, summit. We will be quiet as mice, sit in a media room, and talk to all of your guests for the post coverage. All right. You don't have to worry about Forbes and Time and the NBC and all that stuff. You got art on the motherfucking blockchain. All right. But yeah, the coverage the coverage is good for the auction. All they really talked about was the kitty. You know, $140,000 for a cat is kind of crazy. I'm not sure who got it. Uh, that one venture capitalist dude. Mike Novograss. Mike Novograss. Mike Novograss. That was crazy. Um, but it had online bidding. with co- The Codex had online bidding and real-time bidding. And um, Yeah, shout out to uh, Crypto Graffiti for selling uh, the HODL joint for $8,000 and some dollars. Jessica Angel sold her piece for $5,000. Oh, um, saw the, uh, the guy who sold the rose, Kevin Arbosh or whatever, he sold his piece for around 5000 which kind of was a steal compared to what other people got. Yeah, a million dollars. So, But yeah, coverage lacked a little bit. Again, shout out to Art and the Blockchain and Ethereal for being there. And I must say, shout out to BitsOnline.com. Make sure you check them out. We have now secured an uh, online sponsor that's going to uh, help us promote this show as well. And all your crypto news, and not even crypto, they cover like a lot of tech news. Make sure you check out bitsonline.com. Very good website. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we've got, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm waiting for the follow because we didn't know how big the January event was going to be until it just you started seeing the, the spin out. So perhaps when this week is, is over, um, we'll start seeing a little bit. A little bit more, but it did get a little overshadowed with the with the kitty sale. Um, then I happened to notice when I was doing some research for news for for today, there's actually a, an article title called "Art on the Blockchain." Codex raises $190,000 at live charity auction, and so basically covering what we were covering, and they happened to put our name in the in the in the title of the article. Um, so thanks, Irish Tech News. Um, our own DJJ Skrilla was the successful bidder on Yiling's Yiling's iconic Lifting a Dreamer better known as the Twitter Fail Whale and this was also put out on uh, May 12, uh, 2018 that dominated the stories with regard to the um, to the event and I think people need to remember too that this was a, a charity auction it was intended to help finance an art and uh, blockchain foundation so um, I had some discussion with uh, some folks from data about what this what this does to the interest in the actual artist when you have um, charity sales versus or versus other kinds of auctions so you'll you'll hear her opinion later on in um, in the podcast then masterworks announced on May 10th, 2018, a launch of the world's first blockchain-based fine art investment platform. So they had a press release about this, and they're quoted as saying, all offerings will be filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission with share ownership recorded on the Ethereum blockchain to provide transparency to investors. This is kind of a, a new thing. I have not heard anything like this before. Um, also, for its inaugural offering, Masterworks plans to offer an investment in Andy Warhol's One Colored Maryland Reversal Series from 1979. Um, it was purchased by the company in November 
2017 at Phillips 20th Century and Contemporary Art evening sale for a million, one million eight hundred fifteen thousand dollars. Uh, it also goes on to say the press release says that investors will be able to invest in Warhol's con- iconic one colored Maryland series for as little as one thousand dollars each. This is this is where we you know definitely knew that this was was going, but the fact that they are Filing the offers with the SEC is another step that this might, I don't know if it's good or bad, but for something it valued at over a million dollars, it certainly makes sense that you want to make sure it's correct with the, with the SEC. And there's no doubt that there's an intention for anyone who buys a share that they're planning on making money. So it was founded in 2017, Masterworks was founded in uh, 2017 by Scott W. Lynn as a platform to democratize the art world by making fine art investment accessible to all. So I thought that was pretty fascinating um, that somebody is moving forward like this and basically was able to get this done in a year and is really trying to be in compliance. So those are the top five. Awesome. Cynthia Gaten always bringing that news to the art on the blockchain. Um... Yeah, so I guess uh, what we're going to do now, we, uh, we recorded a bunch of these interviews in the media room at Ethereal, um, and I'm going to sit here and try to chop these up for y'all, so we'll see how this podcast goes. Hopefully y'all enjoy it, and uh, yeah, shout out again to um, Will King, Ethereal, Furtherfield, Consensus, uh, shout out to bitsonline.com, and uh, yeah, that's it. So we're uh, we're at Ethereal, the event in New York City, or I'm sorry, in um, where are we Mass at? Massapeth, Massapeth, New York, which apparently is Queens, just outside of um, <laughs> Flushing, where I'm staying. Yep. yep, very good. We're staying in the city. We have Ruth Catlow from um, Furtherfield. Yep. We have Sam Hart from Avant. Avant.org. All right. He, Sam has. Uh, Put together the last few eth- ethereal um, art productions, pretty much, right? You're the director of that. Um, and then the exhibition portion. And so we have uh, Ruth here, and uh, get to her first. We are, we're, on, we're on site here in New York, so we're kind of jerry-rigging this. So we have a couple <laughs> mics we're going to be passing around. So yeah. if things get lost in the sauce, uh, hopefully I can clean it up. Hi, Ruth. Hello. Welcome. Very nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for uh, inter- the whole intro. We've been talking for uh, a couple months on Twitter here and there and trying to link up, and you really went out of your way to make this happen. I, fe- I felt compelled to get you here. Yeah. It felt important. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if I was going to write a, 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 new, a new Marvel movie or something, I'm putting Sam as one of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And he's in New York, Evil so it's genius. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> With his sidekick in London. <laughs> oh, I think it's the other way around, actually. Well, all right, well, yeah, she's <laughs> Ruth is the is the um the 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 Rizza or the Jizza. The <laughs> He's the Rizza. She's the Jizza. This is Wu Tang here. Alright, this is just Ethereum Wu Tang we're talking to right here, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> well there's a Wu Tang financial yeah. Twitter handle. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we got to get them in the next exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I gravitated towards Ethereal, or I, I was asked to be um, to be a part of this. They, they were, were 
interested in producing an arts and culture uh, event, and they had no one who knew anything about art, and so <laughs> they just kind of stumbled into, um, you know, uh, someone you know recommended me, uh, and at that point I, you know, had been researching and and um, looking at this stuff, but but hadn't really conceived of putting an entire exhibition together. Mm -hmm. So um, that that um, venue kind of forced me to to um, kind of pick an orientation towards it and 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 formulate an exhibition, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so I've done the uh, I've done three now, and this one with with Ruth. So. That's been a, a great opportunity and and just an in, interesting space to kind of play in as a as a curator as an artist. Yeah. But what, what? So, but this this is the thing that I think is almost the most interesting thing. It's it's kind of it promises a new technical medium that has money built into it. And for artists to be working with money as a medium, I think we may get some really wild stuff. And I think we're getting wild stuff already. And artists, yeah. it's not a new thing. Right. But I kind of, uh, kind of, I th and I think this is why one of the reasons I feel compelled and we're at Furtherfield feel compelled to stay in this space, even though sometimes it's difficult and uncomfortable, is because uh, we think we need kind of more imaginaries in this space about how money can be. And, yeah. and because of the role, because money is at the so much at the centre of so much of the way the world works now, that's kind of, we need more weird shit in there, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy Artist Rethinking Everybody buy this Artist Rethinking the Blockchain. Where can they get it at? Uh, you can get it from Liverpool University Press if you if you type it into your favourite search engine. Uh, it, you can buy it from Liverpool University Press from the US, so ah, that's fine. Great. Uh, it, you can get it free online. If you go to talktalk.net, that's T-O-R-Q-U-E, who are our co-editors and publishers, do a lot of really experimental publishing stuff, great guys, but they have also made it available for free. Bastards! <laughs> if, if you have a job, Buy the book. <laughs> if you are a struggling artist and you really are interested in this, go download it maybe. Yeah. I think Ruth would probably agree with that. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. I, I would also encourage listeners to, to go to Furtherfield and read some of Rob's and, and the other pub, um, yeah. uh, posts that you have on, on uh, art and blockchain. It's just a really great introduction. Definitely. This conversation with Sam and Ruth is very interesting. Uh, we're just giving you a couple snippets from the Ethereal event. Uh, we had a over an hour-long conversation with them. So um, in the next couple um, episodes of Art on the Blockchain, we'll feature the whole conversation. But uh, due to time constraints, we can't uh, have all 270 minutes of the Ethereal interviews on this podcast. So look out for that. And moving along... So we uh, we have Poppy Simpson here from Mural. Hello. How's it going? All right. Very Welcome. Well. Thank, uh, thank you for joining Art on the Blockchain podcast. I am honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so Poppy works with Mural. With Mural. All right. And what is for Mural? Mural what, about Mural. What is Mural? Mural is a company working at the intersection of art 
and technology. Okay. We have um, a flagship product, and that is a piece of hardware. Um, it is called the Mural Canvas. Mm -hmm. It's basically a smart art frame, yeah. um, and it connects to a really powerful platform, mm -hmm. which has a dynamic, growing library of art. We currently have around 30,000 pieces in our collection. Nice. Everything from classic art right through to kind of digital emerging native art. Okay. Um, and imagine you smashed Spotify and Sonos together for art. That's what we've got. We've got a, an app, a web platform, and a piece of hardware that you can, over Wi-Fi, send um, and send art and take it off. So it's about being able to look at art and change it on your wall according to your mood, according to season, uh, according to anything you, you Your really guests want that come, like if your mom comes over, you want to take off your dirty artwork and put up you your clean artwork. You want to take off your dirty artwork. You want to put pictures of your mom up. Yeah. As that's what <laughs> Family you're photos. Just beautiful pictures of your mom. Yeah. So any art can be shown. Any art can be shown. Okay. So we are medium agnostic. Okay. So I have classic oil painting um, up there. Um, right through, as I said, to native digital art that's made exclusively for the platform. So we have original commissions from um, kind of leading digital artists on the platform as well. And I think the reason that's interesting and important is because what was interesting to us was about harnessing all the tools of te technology that have been used in other creative arenas. So, you know, five, seven years ago, Spotify was not great at serving me up a personalized playlist, but today it's actually reasonably good at it. You know, if I go and look, what's my daily mix today? Or, you know, I, this is the kind of thing I'm in the mood for. It's kind of learned um, and evolved with me as, as a user. And we kind of wanted to bring that to art. So, you know, okay, is there a dominant color profile I'm particularly interested in? Um, how can I get someone from a piece of art that they know and love to something that they don't even know yet that they really want to look at on their wall. So is there a, an element to it that is learning? Or are you entering as, a, as the person viewing or the owner of the actual physical object making those determinations? Is, it, is there a learning component for is, the software? Um, I think as we, um, as we learn about user behavior, there will be that aspect. At the moment, most of that's coming from us. Okay. It's coming from us making like interesting, important, and classic connections between artworks. Be that about color, be that about you know the era in which it was made, be it about artists that influenced each other, all those kinds of things. So it's going to kind of be like a mixed ecosystem of data that ultimately drives that personalization on the platform. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's one of the things that I'm kind of really excited about. Mm -hmm. um, it's about it's about like learning with people um, what they want to view, when, and how often. And, and that, that's one aspect. The other aspect is literally I could just say I want to keep this up for a week. Oh, and absolutely. Change it and if you want to put... Um, I could put my own uh, digital art that I have that nobody else has and even upload it through the Wi-Fi system. Absolutely. You could leave it there for a year if, that's you, cool. if you wanted. The, the, the frame is controlled in three main ways. There's a gesture control so you can actually move through the wave of a hand. Um, I have quite a balletic wave, just so everyone listening understands. What's it called? Yeah, quite a balletic wave. It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> ballet? Yeah, like yeah, a ballet? Ballet. Electric. But like, okay. some people have quite like a, you know, yeah. rigid, harsh, harsh. Like, not ballet. Not balletic. Yeah. Modern. Use your foot to Modern dance. <laughs> you could use your foot, but you need to be more flexible than I am. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can, you, you can use gesture, you can use the app, and then you can use the web platform. Well, okay. um, to move through art. It's also got an ambient light sensor, so it'll change with the light in the room. Okay. And you've got all the settings that you would expect. It's a mattified um, screen, so it, it looks 
matte. It kind of replicates that look of art. We've done a lot of work to make sure it's kind of a delightful They product. look really nice. Thank you. Yeah, they do. Now, we've talked about them on the podcast several times, actually, yeah. because this is something... You know, we do the blockchain podcast, and, uh, you know, rare digital art is a big thing. And, um, yeah, so we're always, like, trying to contemplate how are we going to show this rare digital art. You usually hold it in your wallet and... <laughs> But no, you're giving a platform for to people that actually to buy this art. You know, if it's a rare piece where only five exist. I think that's I think that's the point. You know, when we got into this space, um, there were some players already, but not in the hardware aspect of it. So they were playing around with how do we how do we introduce scarcity into um, yeah. and this was before blockchain kind of exploded. Yeah. How do we introduce scarcity into this kind of digital market? And what we found when we launched Mural was a lot of people who had bought scarce digital goods, whether be it on the blockchain or not, mm -hmm. through a sort of proprietary digital authentication system. Yeah. They really wanted a frame to yeah, show it on because course. like putting it on their TV and their um, mobile just didn't have the same kind of it didn't give it the same like value yeah, yeah. as like they, they wanted you know they, they wanted to have so I think a lot of what murals about is providing that kind of context giving the artwork the um, the kind of ceremony and gravity that it deserves yeah. and that's why we wanted to partner with with um, rare art labs so talk the, the talk about network. that rare 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 art labs and mural and codex are here today doing the auction. All the pieces are being displayed on the mirror, the digital pieces, right? So there's two parts to, th to this. Codex um, are auctioning off this evening uh, a number of um, original works on their kind of registry. Um, and then as part of that, we're showcasing 40 works by um, Rare Art Labs yes. that um, through the, uh, the Rare Network that okay. they've built. And it was a perfect kind of opportunity and a partnership for us, really, because it, the mural, as, as we just kind of were talking about, it's the ideal display for rare digital goods, yeah. for rare art. Um, and we're thinking very carefully about how we meaningfully get into that space so that we can empower artists, yeah. so that we can um, use these tools to uh, give them a meaningful revenue stream and one that doesn't cannibalize existing kind of revenue models for them. So it's not yeah. undercutting their ab ability to sell uh, a physical product, yeah. um, but it's also um, giving that kind of digital uh, work, as we said, the kind of gravity it deserves. So in terms of the, because gallery, gallerists talk about this a lot and they're like, if we put everything online, then why is anybody going to come to our gallery? I see this kind of as an opportunity Art. and like, what? how can you, can you kind of speak to that with how galleries can you know, still encourage because the human interaction is important. It's it can't everything can't be online because people really like to see the artists and they like to, you know, s come places and meet with other people. Can because this kind of isn't is evidence of of that to me. This event. So I think that um, obviously digital native work mural um, is a kind of perfect canvas for that. Um, but I agree with you. It's not supposed to replace the experience of enjoying and like engaging with original art. Um, in fact, it's supposed to complement it. And I think if we do our job right, what we're trying to do is expand visual tastes, make people less intimidated and more engaged with art in general, which I think will encourage, I mean, we have examples on mural of people purchasing, once seeing a digital reproduction, going and purchasing the original piece. Yeah. Um, we have artists writing into us being like, it's great, you know, we got, this, we got, we got a couple of sales from, this, uh, from them seeing it on the mural platform. Um, so I think that I think that Gallery World will get on board pretty quickly once they see that we're not out to 
undercut it or cannibalize well, well, their Plus existing you all are able to use moving images in with murals, right? Yeah, it's like you, GIFs you can, and like Yeah, GIFs, any kind of video file. Really? Um, like how on a big? mural. Uh, there are some um, size uh, constraints just in terms sure. of like making sure that the frame works optimally yeah, yeah. for all of the but I mean it, I mean there's a it's a sizable file really? I mean, we're talking about um, uh, we've had so I don't know if you know the software artist Leah uh, who's been around like from like the very beginning from the 1980s she's been doing algorithmic work uh. Uh, we've got some fantastic stuff hers up on the yeah. um, on the on the platform um, uh, yeah, and it, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool because the that's something that our the the digital media media artists are using moving motion in their art. Mm -hmm. You can't display that on a print. You know what I mean? And also, I think that's another place where the gallery world is struggling a little bit, right? Yeah. It's like how do we display this stuff? Yeah. Um, so back in the day. You, the big auction houses and the big galleries didn't know what to do with photography. They've woken up to that now, but like, you know, a couple of decades ago, it was pretty hard for them to understand how do I price this stuff? How do I show it? What are the stories I'm telling about it? Um, and I feel like that's where new media and digital is kind of in the traditional art world right now, which is why I think blockchain is so exciting. I think it'll accelerate um, the, the kind of acceptance of this kind of important, like creative form. Uh, for, for maybe more audiences than, than currently the traditional art world can meet. So we've talked about this a lot in terms of the trading element and we talked about um, when you're getting in a young, uh, younger audience to understand it's not just about the art sometimes it's about the, the financial aspects of it. If you can get in on something at $25 or something and get some knowledge about how this works with value and things like that, that's a, there's a whole financial uh, education element to this that that if you had to spend $5,000 or whatever on a, not even a, a reproduction of a Picasso, as an example, <laughs> exactly. you may not you may not be interested yeah. in this, but if you can get in fairly early as a, as a young person and learn about this kind of investing, um, you know, that's another component that I think is pretty exciting about this. Absolutely. I think, you know, and it's, it's, it's an engaging, relevant, contemporary and creative, like, medium. Um, yeah. And so if you can enjoy it, but then also be, be you know, um, understanding how it appreciates and how you can benefit from yeah. the secondary market, so much the better. Yeah. How, how, how much does a mural go for? A mural goes for uh, the sustainably harvested walnut frame. Okay. It goes for uh, $695. We're running $100 off at this um, at the Ethereal Summit. And the black and white goes for $595. All right. And we have a subscription. What size are they? Uh, they're about 27. Asking for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely getting a mural. <laughs> Do you know what? It took me ages to understand that asking for a friend was actually, I'm not asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is an American thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Or just I'm dumb. Like, it was like my mom for years thought that LOL was um, lots of love. <laughs> so she used to send me texts that ended LOL. Oh, <laughs> She got very upset when I told her, actually. But I've been laughing at her all these things. Um, uh, yeah, and then the other thing to say is that the subscription to the library, which is ever-growing mm -hmm. and has really exciting partners like Magnum Photography, which is one of the best photography archives in the world, mm -hmm. um, uh, and kind of nostalgic archive, like gems, like the New York Public Library and things like that. Take a look. at There's some really cool partners on there. Um, that, it goes for a yearly annual subscription of $40. Not bad at all. That's what's up.
Well, um, not bad at all. That, I'm going to use that as no. my marketing slogan. I mean, that's good. Not bad at all. It actually means. I expected it to be more. Coming like, to you, mural. It's pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> mural is not bad at all. You heard it here first. No. <laughs> no shout out to LOL. mural. We appreciate you coming by, Poppy, and thank and you so much for hosting this. me. Yeah, and giving me a little cake that was delicious. Oh. <laughs> like my dessert <laughs> well we look forward to the auction later and uh we'll we'll uh catch up catch up i'm gonna buy a mural you heard it here first aotb follow and my he, didn't, he didn't own it in advance nope <laughs> you gotta keep me updated on the kind of swipe you have the yeah. way yeah 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 i will I, I, i'm gonna as, use as your i foot. said i, am, I encourage the letter i'm gonna try to get my hair to do i'm gonna whip my hair whip it all right thanks bobby thanks All right, so here we are at the ethereal event. We've got Jess Holgrave with Codex back, back, Protocol. Back, 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 back on the show. Back on the show. We Live. just want to get an update. Tell us about what's with some expectations and just a little brief summary of what you what you hope to accomplish this weekend. Awesome. Well, it's great to be back here speaking with you guys. Um, we have set up a foundation for art and blockchain, which we hope that. Everyone who's within the art and blockchain community will be a part of and, and also benefit from. And uh, to kick it off, we have set up a big auction that's taking place at 7 p.m. tonight. Um, it's, we have 10 amazing crypto-themed works uh, that are going to be sold. Um, that'll be the first works that also actually go on the codex. Um, so the, the product store. will be out there. Um, and hopefully it's a, just a really exciting event for everyone to see and buy some cool art. What, what's some of the pieces that are, that are going up and that you're maybe uh, you're excited, more excited yeah. about? Yeah, well, I mean... But you can't really say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's excited Maybe in alphabetical order. <laughs> you know, I think what I'm really excited about is the range that we have. We have something for everybody. Um, we have a really cool piece by Terry Cook, which is a watercolor of like the ethereal sim, uh, the Ethereum symbol. We have we have, we have, we have a crypto graffiti, the HODL uh, kind of symbol, yeah. which is obviously Iconic. the battle cry for yeah. <laughs> for everyone crypto. Um, a huge, beautiful piece by Andy Boot of the IOTA white paper. Uh, we have a Kevin Abosh. We have um, a print and a, a print of the Twitter fail whale, which is. Personally, my this favorite. This your favorite? You, you gonna there. bid? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I got my eyes on that. Fail well. That's not even. That's by not even right. The, not even by the fair. Time the podcast goes up. Oh, you'll know one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to end this later. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're telling you everybody. We have a piece by Jessica Angel, we have a piece by Frank Wilder, a Laurie Keenan, a Coldy, a Travis Southworth, um, a Matt Tierney. Uh, just an insane amount of really cool work by yeah. amazing artists. Just nope. talented, talented artists. Yeah. All right, well, um, 
But we will see you later for Thanks sure. Thanks for stopping by, Jess. Stop dropping by. And good luck with Codex. And good luck uh, with the bidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you bidding on anything? I guess you can't. I'm not allowed to bid. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the inside. That's, I wish I could. That sucks. Wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks All right, so cool. much. Later. Bye. We got Moises, Manny, and Eddie here at Ethereal. They did this crazy piece. Uh, it's like an <laughs> analytical Twitter thing. I, I don't know. I'm going to let them talk about it and talk about <laughs> what they're doing at Ethereal and how they came together and you know, kind of what the mission of it is. Hi, guys. So my name is Moises Sanabria. This is Eddie Negron and Manuel Palou. And together, we are part of the Art Collective Part 404. And we do projects around pop culture, emerging tech, and conceptual art. And here for the Ethereal Conference 2018, we worked on a project called Sentimental Value, where the artwork is an exhibition alongside a algorithm um, called that the, that's based around sentiment analysis. Dope. And um, how did you guys come up with that? So uh, when I got into like crypto, I started like realizing quickly that it's a research-based activity. You gotta have to go to a, a coins website, read their white paper, go to their community, write a Telegram, whatever, check Twitter. Like, kind of got get like a sense of the zeitgeist of that coin, yeah. and that would kind of like, at least for me, it would give me kind of like this confidence level the for sentiment. this coin, a sentiment mm -hmm. of like how I think that coin, I, I would be like, I would agree, I would be like, yeah, that coin is worth that much, or mm -hmm. that coin's not worth that much, you know? Um, so I kind of just wanted to apply that, this to artists, both both as an experiment and as a critique of that methodology, mm -hmm. but yeah, just, just doing that with artists, so um, the algorithm basically like scrapes an artist's social media presence, online, Twitter, Instagram, articles, etc., yeah. and uh, tries to like compute a sense of what that artist is, uh, you know, what the general sentiment of that artist is, whether people are, are vibing with it or not, you know. So you're visualizing that with this? Yeah, yeah, the dashboard in the middle kind of is like a data viz, you know, I, I think it was really like coin market cap for artists, yeah. is what I've been kind of trying to describe it as, so like, you know, you go to coin market cap and you see all the charts for, you know, all the leading coins, um, it's, it, you know, it looks like that, it's essentially you go and you kind of see this like breadth of like what the market looks like for, okay. for, 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 the, for our given show. And it's good, it's a good thing for investors if they're looking to buy their art to see what, who, who they're investing in. <laughs> maybe or maybe not you know that's right. kind of the, the whole point of the thing is like it's, it, it was an experiment to see like the, is this algorithm accurate does, that like, matter, does, yeah. does it does it kind of line up with what we were feeling about them you know and yeah. I think people should make their own you know decisions they, sure. they, they'll look at our dashboard and then maybe they'll be like yeah I think this is right I think it's you know about what I think these artists are valued at or I disagree I think it's complete bullshit and I, I actually like this artist a lot way more you know than what the computer's telling me right that's dope. What, um, what's, what, so this is one project, what's, what's another project that y'all are working on? Ladies and gentlemen! Um, I mean, I guess like another project we're working on is what, uh, Moises and I have been kind of attentive to back down in Miami, Florida. Uh, we're trying to like launch this, uh, I don't know, like this situation between like hip-hop and cryptocurrencies, um, being that we're like invested in and crypto culture, cryptocurrency, but we, uh, we've been thinking about um, formulating um, a plot around the idea of hip-hop and blockchain culture, and um, Dope. we're functioning with the name right now, Holy Wi-Fi, 
Um, that's just like one thing that we're we're definitely kind of like working on right now on the side. And then uh, we have a studio space um, in Miami as well, where we're going to start functioning and creating our like physical ornamentations of our ideas, whether they're sculptures, paintings. Um, Rigs. Um, we have a show coming up in the summer. We don't have a fixed date yet, but um, we're titling it uh, Post Gucci Blinded by Love, where it's uh, focused on um, experimental music, fashion, um, and conceptual art. Um, the idea behind like uh, Post Gucci Blinded by Love, it's uh, kind of like a focus between like uh, luxury for all, um, the land of milk and honey type of vibe. Okay. Dope. So did you all, now you're all based in Miami? Is that where you all met uh, or here? No, no uh, we, we met in Miami. We all went to college together in Miami, New World School of the Arts. Shout out to uh, Maggie Cuesta, Aramis <laughs> O'Reilly, Fred Snitzer, where you at? Like, we love you. <laughs> Yo, um, for real, like, um, yeah, so 305 really kind of put us together and um, that's where we met. Um, I think that was like eight, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, dope. So I see the 404 ring. Does everybody, like, as members, does everybody get one? Uh, so, <laughs> we, had, we had multiples. I'm not going to say who, but some members lost theirs, and this is the only oh. original one. This, well. is the, this is the OG one left. But we're gonna get some. We'll, we'll get some more. It's just, it's just precious metals. You can always make. Well, that more. was kind of cool. I was like, oh, because that, that's the theme. That's the thing that's going through. So that's pretty cool. So how? Yeah, yeah. So when there were as many as there were, when was that? Was that nine years ago when you got? Uh, no, probably like a few years ago. Okay. Yeah, that's how all collectives start off, though. Collects off is like everybody, like all the homies are on it, but then you start dwindling down <laughs> as like you work focus and. Uh, he's not holding his weight. I, I, I've been uh, part of a few collectives. I don't know. You could you could have like, a coin tied to that, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. that's definitely rare. Yeah, you gotta right? tokenize the 404 <laughs> ring, man. And when the homies leave, you gotta you give back the token. Yeah, we we definitely been formulating those ideas, especially for like uh, this like artist run like program that we want to focus on. We definitely want to tokenize like the way like we're dealing with economy and, and what what market is actually laying like supporting like our ideas. So. We've been kind of talking a little bit of developing like our own like ICO and um, thinking about like what is what could be like 404 coin or coin 404. But these are like uh, long run conversations and like, yeah. dialogues that we're having now. Like um, uh, so Brain, the, the chemistry is there. Over yeah, blunts. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brainstorms over blunts or like <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. But uh, my mom might be hearing this shit. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But, uh, so do you all operate as a collective most of the time, or do you all have different individual projects going on simultaneously? Yeah, it is an, uh, an umbrella, Okay. Of, but each kind of eventually does more specific things. So I have actually, for the past few years, have been doing a lot of more like social media, Instagram-focused uh, concepts where each image is its own concept, and they might be based around the same thing, whether it's emerging technology or like specific memes. Um, but then now we're switching over to like this new phase where I'm moving back down to my roots in Miami and we're starting this new gallery space called 404 Gallery alongside the like hip-hop experimental blockchain um, project and we we definitely see it as like starting you're starting like a little small niche culture whether it's among your friends and then like every couple of months and more and more people start hearing about you and definitely we're trying to see how we can incorporate crypto technology into both of the practices because there is value in social media, there's value in art, and then there's value in crypto. And that could be all, you know, semi-decentralized together 
away from the art world in a way that's sustainable. And a, a reason we're also heading towards that direction is because art and technology don't mix quite well in the contemporary fine art white walls of right, right. that world. And so there's such, that is just continuing to grow. And some museum spaces or gallery spaces are more embraceive of that. But at the same time, if we create our own space, we just define that and, and grow that culture. And we also see Miami as a space that is, is attentive to that, to it's sure. attentive to technology and, and art in a way that New York, there's just so many things going on. Yeah. And so we wanted to kind of do the back and forth between the two spaces and bridge them either through... But like, DC's in the middle, you yeah, know. Yeah, follow us in DC, too. You know? <laughs> okay, okay, okay we'll, we'll, we'll stop by. Right there, yeah. we'll <laughs> it's good to see some hip-hop motherfuckers yeah. in the convention, so I appreciate y'all coming through. And um, what, you have some Telegram, you have Telegram, like, sh tell us some social media to yeah. get in touch with you all. Twitter is my drug of oh, choice. Uh, it's Manny Not Found. I'm Manny Not Found on everything, Instagram, GitHub, Twitter. But Twitter's my Twitter and GitHub are my <laughs> are where it goes down. Um, mine is uh, Moises.404 and that's in Instagram and on Twitter is Moises not found. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my Instagram is uh, Eddie.404 and then my Twitter is uh, Eddie not found. Sweet. Well, we appreciate y'all's talk. Definitely uh, look forward to seeing. Are you guys auctioning off that piece, by the way? No, oh. no, we're not part of the auction. Okay, it's just a conceptual auction. Yeah, the yeah. auction's like a separate weird thing. Okay. I know. I was just wondering. No, I mean, I can't put it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> if you know someone who's trying to buy it, though, <laughs> holler at us. Let us know. But yeah, we need to get a picture of it. We'll put it in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the podcast notes and all that stuff. Yeah, dope. All right. All right. Uh, now, uh, next up at the Ethereal Summit, we have the Nash Cash... Casino Squad. So you have to all describe, because nobody can see this because it's a podcast. What well, you, you all are wearing various shades of white and ivory and beige and. Like, like they cult. came from an all-white party. <laughs> yeah, no, right off the boat. We were lounging on the uh, beanbags after the event yesterday. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> looked like uh, sister wives or something. <laughs> <laughs> So you see, y'all are all remote from each other. Uh, there's two from New York, Denver, and San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. So how did that? How did you guys come together? Uh, yeah. So uh, I know Brian from Life, and uh, Brian knows uh, Grayson from uh, from Family, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Brian can talk a little bit more on this. But he's the guy who had the idea to get the grant and get us all together. And this is the first time we've all worked with one another. Okay. And uh, the first time I've actually met uh, Grayson and his wife, Hollis. Awesome. Hey, was it all you expected? Yeah, it's, it's been really great so far. Um, so good. a little more information. I'm Ron. Uh, I'm the, I guess, technical lead on the project. Okay. And uh, what, what, what I'm bringing to the project is uh, the, 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 the actual currency of the casino. Uh, which happens to be uh, physical chips, like you would see at a normal casino. Um, but, um, and these were specially fabricated, the chips break open to reveal uh, an ID and secret that when sent to our uh, casino treasury's smart contract, relinquish uh, a small amount of ether and also destroy that chip from the money supply. And I guess the motive for this was that most people's initial experience with cryptocurrency is uh, buying it on exchange uh, 
for fiat and having someone manage their private keys for them. And for me, that's sort of, you're missing the whole point, which sure. is to manage your own funds. Um, and so by redeeming your chip, well, you're incentivized to actually claim the Ether, but you also are forced to set up your own wallet if you don't have one already, um, and to actually call a smart contract, which is supposedly what powers this whole movement. So really to get people to have their first or uh, early experience with cryptocurrency be an authentic one was uh, my motive in Dope. working with this project, yeah. All right. And Brian, could you explain yeah. first, uh, before, well, first tell, you, tell us about who you are and then what this casino is, like yeah, and how so, people are operating with it. Yeah, so my name's Brian, um, and I wrote the initial proposal. I, I had heard about it, that they were doing this arts grant, and I immediately thought of Ron and Grayson. Um, Grayson's a well-known artist in uh, New York, and Ron is a very good smart contract coder, and I thought that it would be so cool to get them together um, and see what they could do together, um, and it turned out really cool. Uh, we thought of this concept of a casino that uh, plays with the idea of the tragedy of the commons, where the, the space itself is getting dismantled and privatized in real time, um, and it makes it so that there's less for other people to enjoy, for later people to enjoy, but the chip mechanism of being able to buy art with the actual chips yeah. um, allows people to then also recirculate the chips so that people can play the games longer. So there's kind of a dual um, directionality of that tragedy of the commons concept where it's both being privatized and also chips are being put forward to extend the amount of time that people can play the games. Um, and the, the games for the casino are game theory games um, instead of poker or blackjack. Um, and the reason for that is that there, there are some overlaps with um, the sort of speculative nature of a lot of um, um, investment activity within the space. Um, there's sort of like one of the games is called Two-Thirds of the Average and it is based on the concept that you can either have a purely rational choice or you can incorporate the collective irrationality of a group into your decision making. Yeah. Um, so it's loosely based on um, Keynes's beauty contest where you don't pick who you think is beautiful from a lineup, you pick who you think everyone else thinks is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And if you're playing against robots, the it, you know you pick between zero and a hundred, and if you're playing against robots, they'll all pick zero because that is the most likely outcome for that scenario where uh -huh. you're trying to guess two thirds of the average. Okay. Uh, but if you're playing against people, it ends up being around 17 to 21. Wow. So it's just interesting that there's that much of a deviation between the optimal path and the mixing irrationality back into it. Yeah. Um, so we were trying to play with those ideas to create the casino space, but then also to have artwork all around that would become privatized as the experience went on. What about like, because I'm thinking about Prisoner's Dilemma, yes. because yeah. a lot of the idea is dealing with people supposedly working together because there's this idea that the communities are going to cooperate and all this kind of stuff, but there's a Prisoner's Dilemma in the game theory. Exactly. I mean, our, I'm just... so, so we actually crafted one game around that, Okay. Uh, called it Prisoner's Dice, but it's essentially the same thing, and it's... Um, the idea is that people can choose to cooperate and protect each other, and they would each get one chip. Or they can choose to defect and rat out their um, accomplice, and they <laughs> would get, if 
their accomplice chooses to cooperate, they would get two chips. Wow. If they both rat each other out, they get zero. So um, what's been interesting over the course of the last couple of days is um, it seems that, I mean, how many rats are in the building? What's that? How many, how many rats? rats? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the optimal is everybody doesn't tell. That's the, that's, yeah. the, that's the best option, but most exactly. people, somebody so rats. So one interesting thing, and you guys may have found something different, but I, I found it very interesting that uh, we try to gauge how well people know each other before they play the game. And the better people know each other, the more willing they are to rat each other out. Um, when you've got two strangers, they're very cautious about being perceived as a dirtbag, right? Right, right. So but your friends know you're a dirtbag, yeah, so you right? Tend to get, when you've got two <laughs> you people just... that don't know each other, you get a lot of cooperation. Yeah. But when you, the closer they become, it seems to me that they were more defecting. That's interesting. For, yeah. At least for the first encounter, right? Because right, exactly. Well, and that's another thing we had to decide whether we do it iterated or not. Um, one thing we had to manage is the flow of chips. So, so kind of maintaining our monetary supply so that everyone gets an opportunity. Um, so we we went we got rid of the iterated prisoners dilemma concept because it was just giving out too many chips too quickly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it would have been a good, interesting idea. Yeah, so. great. Well, Hollis, how do you how do you think uh, people of the the community here has taken the game? Like, how do you so I so I'm Hollis, and I'm not part of the three collaborators, but I'm here to provide the social engagement as a dealer in the casino. The pit boss. I'm the pit, pit boss. boss. All right. And I will say, like, you know, the, theoretically, the structure of how they set it up, and aesthetically, and creatively, and intellectually, it's super interesting and well founded. Yeah. And then the part that I'm a part of that I'm optimizing is the social engagement. And I think that there is like a real need and desire to have social engagement at something like this. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that sort of seem to know each other or know of each other within this world. Yeah, like through Telegram or Twitter, totally, but they're or not Instagram necessarily interacting. Yeah, yeah. So this provides an opportunity to interact and people are having a lot of fun they're staying for multiple games they're dividing into groups to play group games with each other mm. I just think it's such a good social arena and the way Grayson built out the space like it, it allows everyone to come around the table and be together and try to relax on the art you know that's kind of bad right. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah don't sit on Grayson's art yeah. <laughs> please don't sit on the art we know we're trying to get you engaged socially but don't like break this, it I like don't the break 60s it. vibe in there too like uh, you know like yeah we we definitely were thinking a lot about um, futurism and and you know the, the idea that something could present new possibilities. I mean, certainly here people are thinking about the future and going back and looking at different aesthetics associated with futurism can can you know be a nice throwback and people can all understand Star Wars, Doctor Strange, Love, yeah. and things like that. Um, and and you know we all, we also have an opportunity to work in digital space. So you know through 3D renderings, we've worked with different um, modeling teams, and we worked with a great fabrication team in Long Island. But um, but I'm uh, I'm an artist who deals with uh, I I do work in printmaking and sculpture in the architectural world, and um, I make things that. Uh, you know, disrupt different sociological principles. I'm really interested in um, ergonomic design because of the fact that there's a lot of gray area in that space. Thinking through like why ergonomic design is important, uh, 
the uh, pe people aren't making things ergonomic to make workers comfortable. They're making things ergonomic to increase productivity. And that, that space between so, the productivity for the boss and the comfort for the worker is a really interesting gray area for me. And so like, I always try to get into situations where I can collaborate with interesting and, and uh, smart people to do new projects that, that deal, that work in gray areas like this. Yeah, cold, just because it's cold might make people more productive, but it's not necessarily comfortable for, exactly. the, for the worker. Right. <laughs> right. Are, are you? Do you have a lot of experience in blockchain, or is this like a? For, are you well, just starting? Well, um, actually, Brian and I have had um, some years of discussion around the implications of blockchain on art and different um, cultural mechanisms. Uh, that have to do with the art world and um, that have to do with uh, value. I mean, w as a person that's dealing in um, meaning, you know, cultural capital is what I am after. I'm not after financial capital necessarily. I need financial capital to survive, but cultural, cultural capital is what really um, motivates and supports culture and art. And so, for me, it's interesting to work in different economies and to think about how economies could be disrupted. Yeah. And that's why I'm interested in printmaking because printmaking involves um, layers, process, and multiples. And layers, process, and multiples can be um, used in lots of different ways to deal with deal in economies. And if I have multiple prints, I can play with issues, economic issues, and um, create different scenarios where people will have to, you know, do one thing to do another and, and dismantle things and things go on all kinds of directions and... Cool. So you have some prints, are they all individually, or sale individually, or are they part of the game? For this, they are part of the game. Okay. We really want people to engage with the game and we want people to um, use the chips and we want people to put the chips back into circulation by buying art. Okay, so after the show, because that ends today, people will be able to find your prints elsewhere, but they're not um, immutably attached to the game. I just right. want to make sure. Exactly. Because if I, for example, asking for a friend, um, am interested in something, I just want to... get in that casino, girl. I, I, <laughs> I have lots of projects. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia wants a Grayson piece. Or her friend does. Yeah, I was going to add to what Grayson was talking about with Prince. Um, he has kind of over the course of lots of discussions over the last year um, has taught me about some of the value issues around art and the transference of aura with, uh, from the artist in the original piece. And then um, and he told me about a book called art in the age of mechanical reproduction um, which I've read part of but not the whole thing but it got me thinking about the way that blockchain um, can influence the maybe next stage of that so so sort of um, like programmable reproduction okay. where the process by which aura is is dispersed among the world uh, uh, in the world is programmable by the artist and I feel like Grayson did a bit of that with the prints because each print comes with a CAD file where you can um, print out a, a pyramid 
that sits in front of the print and the 3D and the 2D engage with one another. That's dope, yeah. Um, and so he's essentially controlling the the way in which the the um, the aura from the piece like makes it out into the world after the yeah. uh, conference. Um, and I think that's a really interesting concept, you know. Mechanical um, Bride, Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. That's what's bringing to mind is, is that kind of, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think there's a lot of opportunity in the future for artists to take blockchain and um, do interesting things with it, put limitations on how many times something can happen or under what conditions that thing can happen. Um, and so that's one thing that we really liked about this project is that we were able to explore that a little bit, um, which is cool. Yeah, how, how do the coins work? Oh man, how do the coins work? Uh, Magic. I mean, there is, a, there is a whole explanation of blockchain and smart contracts, uh, but I guess the high level is in the contract, which is also the treasury, because on Ethereum, contracts can hold funds and spend them just like a normal wallet. In the contract is uh, well. What kind of contract is it? Is I'm it like about a smart ERC twenty, seven twenty one? No, it's not an ERC twenty. It's a custom contract. Custom, you yeah. Made it. All right. um, what Does it have a name? Uh, the chip treasury contract. <laughs> uh, we're not going for a standard here. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know. We could get political. We could do that. <laughs> uh, but ICO that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you better believe we've had people talk about that <laughs> though it does not make sense to ICO <laughs> yeah we just joke around we're not, yeah, we're not yeah. ICO uh, topic here yeah but the high level is this um, every chip created has an ID associated with it um, and also every chip has a hash of a secret word stored on the contract and if a person can successfully produce the ID and secret word, and the hash of that secret word matches the hash on the contract, we will have proven that not only they've received a chip, but they've destroyed it by breaking open to reveal that secret. Right. And so proof of actually destroying the chip and pulling it out of the money supply is what allows you to claim the funds in the treasury. Um, Sick. How can this be applied to other models, do you think? Oh, man. Well, there was a a Bitcoin project that actually got shut down for money transmission uh, called Cassatius Coins, yeah. um, which this is very much inspired by, uh, not from a technical implementation, but from the idea of being able to physically distribute uh, uh, goods that are backed by a standard of value, which is uh, a cryptocurrency, yeah. um, which I personally believe is one of the premier uses for cryptocurrency. Do you like open value. I open was just thinking about I open, love open yeah, I think I it's love a great open project. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it has um, a similar. Was, yeah, that was a lot of inspiration for at least the technical technical implementation as well, and certainly a more robust implementation than ours, I should mention. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, one of the things we kind of joked about, uh, and we do exhibit a cultish appearance right now, um, was this would certainly make a good sort of physical currency amongst cults. Um, and Shout yeah. out to hey, Jim Jones, all y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were um, thinking that we wanted to dress slightly religiously, sort of cultish, okay. because of the fact that this, this physical coin that must be destroyed in order to um, extract the ether, 
fit really well with this concept of a commune or a cult or a way to manage. This place reminds me of a commune. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so, so we were all gardening here and sharing tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. We could, we could <laughs> use our the coins, coins right? Right, right? And we can control the money supply by putting in or taking out uh, ether. So it's a way of sort of re-centralizing on a hyper-local level um, a, a community coin. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that uh, th this this design of the chip that Ron was instrumental in um, uh, could be used for a little group of 10 people on an island like very effectively. Sure. Or there might need to be 100 in order to get into currency, but right. who knows. Or little yeah. small towns, you know, yeah. that just are trying to survive and coming up with ways to, to share resources so that they're not always putting out cash to pay for yeah. a service, for example. And it's an interesting way that a town could run their entire economy on a, one wallet. That's Crazy. pretty cool. Yeah. Dope. So one of the issues in art is if, if people buy an artwork from an artist, they um, can then go and sell that artwork again if the value of that art increases on the secondary market. Yeah. And one of the things that I think uh, needs to change about that is that when they do that, the artist gets no money from that transaction. That's her mission right there. This yeah. is You're a very important thing. Like. I really need someone to come along and give every... I want to I do a project where I make things that have a smart contract built in so that every time it's sold, there are royalties, like five some or 10 percentage. percent of that every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Dope. And I, I, I know the legal restrictions on it, and I'm trying to think of ways that from us, that if everybody can agree that that's the case, because then the problem with it, of course, is then the artist always has ownership, right? Always has a percentage ownership. Starts out with 100%, and then the percentages get lower and lower as ownership if, if this thing happens. But then people can't do anything with it, mm -hmm. ultimately, because the artist still has a percentage, so is that really what the artist wants? Interesting. Because the artist could say, and again, that's my little soapbox thing, is like, the artist could potentially say, and you know, you can't do anything with it. You can't use it on counterparty, because you're the one designing the terms on the smart contract. But that limits the use for the subsequent owner, the secondary market. But maybe you can write something in the contract in the smart contract where that's you, you set could in, in and that's the thing you have to be very very forward looking yeah <laughs> and allow different variations of your thing because if it was this was a physical thing it'd be kind of easier but can you imagine as an artist you said don't fold it and that's the term if right. I give you this you can't ever fold Cynthia's it Cynthia's holding up a sticker right now for our audience <laughs> and, and I think that that um could be developed and I think that there are a lot of really forward-thinking collectors who would love to engage in those kinds of contracts but just to be a part of that yeah yeah but you know it's something that everybody has to agree well you all seem like a forward-thinking collective right here so maybe it's something that y'all can put together for the yeah, next that would be cool. conference like that'd be, <laughs> that'd be cool yeah. I also think with um, the the idea of programmable reproduction that you could, along with having royalties built in, you can also uh, 
control the conditions under which art is used in the future uh, in really interesting ways. So you could make an artwork that when it's in someone's house, it must be engaged with in a certain way or it gets decertified or you know something like that where it re uh, places requirements on ownership that are possibly fun, possibly interesting for uh, future engagement with that object, which I think yeah. is also cool. But then that thing could ultimately, as we all know, become illegal. You, you, you start it out and you have to drink, for example. When, whenever you look at, whenever you wave your hand in front of this piece of art, you have to take a drink, and then alcohol becomes illegal. Well, the last thing I'll say before he goes, there's a really amazing artist who unfortunately just died, American artist named Michael Asher. This artist, he actually made a piece where he decided that a collector wanted to buy something from him, and he was known for doing these kind of contractual arrangements. He made a piece where he talked a collector into giving up 10 inches of their land to their neighbor. And so essentially, he, that, that collector went into a contract where they moved a fence 10 inches over, giving the neighbor 10 inches more land all the way along their property. And that was the art. Wow. <laughs> this is very inspiring because not only did the artist have this wild idea about generosity and gift giving and complicated contractual agreements, but he also got a collector to do it. And that collector is, a, is just as much a part of that. And I feel yeah. like all of this is about collaboration. Yeah, the fence became more valuable, the property became more valuable, valuable because of cultural capital. <laughs> and then somebody had a gun and then it <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Uh, is there a, a website for this game or anything? It's a little uh, last minute, and we're going to be adding in some photos and uh, potentially better instructions for the claiming process. But it is Nash Cash, N A S H C A S H dot Casino. Yes, Casino is a top-level domain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out. Thanks Thank for having you. Us. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks. It's afternoon here at the Ethereal Summit, and we have with us Yi Ying. Say it with a smile. Yi Ying, Lu, Hello. and Joe Chia Chiapetta? Chiapetta? Yes. Chiapetta. All that. Okay, <laughs> Joe. We, and they're both awesome artists of different styles, um, but it's, it, it's really a pleasure to have both of you here because I've, I've certainly seen your work and not knowing it was you. <laughs> Who's you? Definitely, I'm sorry. Yi Ying. <laughs> and Joe, I've been seeing your work as, on the Twitter feeds, so I'm just so thrilled that you guys could be here to talk to us. So we're going to have a brief, because I know you all have stuff to do, but we want to at least give you an opportunity to, to talk about you know, what, why you're here. Yeah, why are you guys here? What, what brought you to Ethereal? And um, what's your expectations of the, the auction? And tell us more about what you all are doing outside of this, you know. Yeah, so um, I guess I'll start by saying, what's your background in um, getting here to Ethereal? Like, how did how did you how did you get here? Because I know um, you didn't. You're not a blockchain person. I'm not a. Not like you are now. You weren't like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> like 24 hours ago. <laughs> but now you're a blockchain no, artist. I'm still, star. I'm still feeling like an alien investigating the, the parallel universe, honestly. Yeah. By the way, this is Yi Ying. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, not joking. Oh, I'm joking, not joking. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's being interesting, really, really uh, refreshing to kind of see another layer on top of the internet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm learning. Yeah. I'm here because I wanted to learn. And 
I, I really, the, your piece that you're auctioning off today is the fail whale. Oh, from, the lifting a dreamer. That's the original name. Okay, lifting a dreamer. Yeah. And that, but people know it as the fail whale. Yes, the Twitter fail whale. And yes. it's uh, uh, it was the 404 error code. Right? 404 oh, 503. Yeah, they have like all kinds of different codes, B which I never understand. Basically, for uh, anybody that's too young to remember, <laughs> which is amazing that that's even a possibility right now, but the fail whale happened a lot on Twitter back in the day when you signed, you tried to log in and you'd get this whale and it became iconic. And I didn't realize how iconic, I knew it was iconic, but you, your presentation the other day when I saw it and how many people had, like, the attribution that well lack of lack of, of attribution. They, people have made pillows. People would talk about it. like people have used used your art in many ways. And I was that a legitimate with with the Twitter with, with Twitter was that a legitimate use? Uh, I mean, to the extent that you do know they were going to use it. To be fair, like I think Twitter licensed it from a stock photo site called iStock Photo. Okay. And. Uh, I, at the time, I uploaded the work, I think I was still studying uh, at university, it was my final year and I wanted to showcase my work and uh, I, I think I posted in a lot of different places but the way that uh, the, the illustration was being licensed was through iStock Photo okay. um, as a standard license Okay. Um, and uh, it was very, uh, I think to me it's... Um, it's an amazing opportunity to connect with the tech community through a piece of artwork that I created. So, so that's kind of like the, the background story. Sure. And uh, I think it's it's a license. I would say it's not it's not a payoff. So a lot of people think that was being uh, commissioned. No, it's not being commissioned. It was being licensed. Okay. Um, and uh, I I kind of didn't know about it in the first place because uh, as an artist you don't see who's the, the third party that purchased your artwork through the license uh, you, didn't purchase yeah, the art license you, you don't see the <laughs> other uh, third party basically you only see that's being downloaded you can see that from your log uh, or ledger you just gotta try to sound you know blockish um, you can you can see from the ledger that it was being downloaded on certain day so you can you can track that and it, it was pretty funny because the that piece of artwork wasn't really um, being downloaded a lot so I can see how many people literally probably le less than 10 people purchase that particular piece um, anyway so and they, they were all standard licenses and uh, that's how I figured it out uh, but it was really a fascinating thing that um, I think there was a fan in Ireland I believe that was in 2007 uh, emailed me seven or eight I can't remember but it was one of the day I received an email just a, 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 a email from a fan in Ireland emailed me and said that hey do you know this social media website called Twitter was using the artwork and uh, every time Twitter goes down people can see it I was like yay this is great I have no idea what you're talking about let's check it out <laughs> uh, so yeah so that was the first time I see that on uh, on the website and to me it was just very, I'm, I'm very happy to see the work was being used for a technology company and I check out what Twitter does and I really liked it because I think it was a, a very interesting product back in the days and yeah, um, yeah so that was the, the first time I knew about it and then I, I was uh, being sent uh, NPR story uh, when uh, Biz Stone was interviewed uh, and there was a Q&A section where people actually asked like who created this and it was really nice that Biz was giving attribution uh, to me. It was the first time that was being mentioned and uh, it was also really interesting to see from, from a perspective of 
uh, Twitter, in this case, Biz, the co-founder, why he picked it in the first place? Because he said that originally it was LOL Cat, and uh, and uh, he thought it was a little bit too jokey, and he kind of get onto the internet and found this image, and he thought, well, the whale like was a perfect representation or a very appropriate representation of uh, the scalability problem and the bird coincidentally is uh, like the people who are working very hard on this it's the the team the twitter team so it, it's it's just like a pure coincidence oh is it <laughs> um, anyway so that was the that was the story um, when I actually hear from a different perspective, but the, the, the real story of the origin of the whale, I wanted to kind of let people know, I, I never really kind of talk about it um, on, on radio or on podcasts or anything. Uh, the original story was the artwork was a personal art that I created because I was born in China, Shanghai, and I moved to Sydney, Australia when I was a teenager and I studied in London, UK, so I've been like, uh, in different places and I have a lot of friends who are like scattered around decentralized <laughs> in, in the in the in, you know in on the earth and, um, and I distributed wanted, and decentralized yeah, distributed and decentralized <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of like uh, express the feeling that I couldn't be there for a birthday or for your anniversary or for whatever reason I couldn't physically be there to celebrate anything that's significant in person and I wanted to express the fact that I have this huge wish to you and uh, and I wanted to have like a metaphor because at the time I was living in New South Wales that the wish was very heavy and I, I created this piece of art to <laughs> celebrate and, and sending the big wish across the ocean for you. So that's why, I mean, the artwork was called the Lifting a Dreamer in the first place because it's like... That's a, that's a great crazy. name. Yeah. Thanks. Good story. <laughs> Joe. How did you end up in the blockchain space? So, I, I've been in really following. I actually tried to mine Bitcoin back when it was about a hundred dollars, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I stayed up half the night. My wife was concerned for me, and I said, "I just give up." <laughs> but I've also been an artist for for forty five years, and so I started. I do a comic called Silly Daddy. It's a long-time comic. Yeah. Silly Daddy Comics. And every now and then, I'll throw more in about blockchain things, Bitcoin. Just throw a little thing in there, here and there. And frankly, some of this comic, comical stuff about blockchain sort of writes itself. Yeah. So I just kept that increased as the kind of zaniness of cryptocurrency increased. And so that's, that's how I got here. Are you tokenizing your work at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I, I, I have uh, five pieces I've been tokenized on uh, top of Bitcoin, on top of Counterparty, on top of BitCrystals through their Book of Orbs app. So, and they're all crypto art related pieces. Well, what pieces? Tell the audience. So probably the probably the one with the biggest reaction is a is a guy with a head that sort of looks like Galactus, but it's a um, there's different blocks in the helmet, and it's called Crypto Helmet. And uh, the, this guy is mining cryptocurrency with his brain, and wow. he's saying something funny. When you see it, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll you'll get the full sense of it. But it also has a lot of the logos of the various cryptocurrencies, so people like that. Oh, there's oh, I I have that, so I want to get this little card here. So, dope, dope. And um, you're here drawing 
the maker space, right? You're kind of like action drawing what's going on, right? Yeah, so I uh, applied to the, uh, the maker space at the ethereal, ethereal Summit here, and we, um, my wife and I looked, my, my wife is the one, she helps me out with all kinds of things. She's amazing, Denise. And she Shout also out to Denise. Some, yeah, she, she colored, she, I try to tell people this, but they, they, she colored half my comics and does a lot of editing yeah. and stuff like that. So, so she found out about this this thing, this theory of something. She's like, you have to go to that. So I said, okay, well, let me look it up. Then I said, oh, it's 600 bucks to, to go to this. Like, forget about <laughs> it. I got to fly from L.A. No, thanks. But then there, then Jessica, uh, she, she said that she was having this makerspace, and you could apply, yeah. and you could be one of the artists. So I applied to see if I can get in. The day goes by that says, oh, by this day, they'll let you know. And that day came and went, so nobody let me know. I'm like, okay, well, God, I guess you don't want me at this thing. Nobody tell me nothing. And then the day afterwards, get an email. I got accepted, so now I'm like a, sort of a cartoonist at large, and yeah. I'm covering the covering the event in cartoons. On, and then when they're done, I put them on the wall so people can see me drawing live cartoons. So it's a lot of fun. One more question real quick. Where can we find the cartoons after this? Oh, so uh, probably the ones with the best reaction, I will blockchainize. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll new word, new word. Then terms over here, sound the air horn for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't invent that term. Actually, the, the 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 Swiss company that I work with to put stuff on the blockchain, because uh, you got to go all the way to Switzerland to do this. Is that no, EverSoft? Yes. Okay. Everdream Soft. Everdream, Everdream Soft. Mm -hmm. Everdream Soft, yes. Uh, they they also make a game called Spells of Genesis. Like oh, oh, the Spells of Genesis people. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I put stuff on their Book of Orbs app. Okay. And it's issued. So you have a counterparty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Book of Orbs is cool. Uh, I wish they were still on iPhone. That's, yeah. I, that, that, I, I use Book of Orbs like every day forever, and then I got a new iPhone. It works with the old iPhones. But not the new ones, and I, I got disappointed. Yeah, I, I think an that's why they have the web app to yeah, kind of yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. balance that out. They're dope. They have a dope. They have a real dope uh, mobile wallet, though. Really sick. Um, what? So let me get back to you real quick. It, it, let me pronounce it right. Ying. You have to smile. Yeah. Yi Ying. Yin Ying. There you go. All right. Um, Yin Ying. I'm gonna like saying that. I gotta put some inflection into it. I force people to smile. <laughs> you have to smile. You, you were telling me earlier um, that you made some emojis for for um, for the, the dumplings and for the universe. Yeah. Like you're, 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 you're art, your art's gotten out there crazy. Like and destiny is the word you use for it. You you just follow your path and I love it. Um, I follow where the free food are. <laughs> <laughs> what, what emojis did you do that people are using? Uh, the dumpling, the chopstick, the fortune cookie, and the takeout box. We got to sound the air horn for that one as yeah. well. That, that's big time right there. <laughs> but, um, and you have a piece being auctioned off here at Ethereal, yeah. which is the fail well. Yeah, the, the well, lifting we're, a Give it the name it, that she made for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what, the name is? Uh, the name is Lifting, lifting a Dreamer, dreamer right, yeah. a.k.a. the Twitter farewell. Which I'm going to I'm gonna own at the end of this day, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. own it. Right? It's the very first time that I made it into a large scale. It's a physical uh, piece, and yeah. it's a G-Clay print, uh, signed and numbered. And I only make 10 
a limited edition prints this year because it's the 10th anniversary of the of the whale. Okay. Um, yeah, and and each of the so basically this is the very pe first piece, and half of the proceeds is gonna donate to the foundation. Okay. Uh, the Which foundation? Artist on um, blockchain foundation. Okay. Um, and. And, and people are starting to ask me like what are you going to do with the other nine pieces so I'm I, I started to think what I'm really wanting to do is use art to help the ecosystem so I'm planning to uh, hopefully auction the other nine pieces and each of the pieces is going to support a different not-for-profit foundation awesome. just support for a different cause that's yeah. great and it's it's that's the really origin of the name which is lifting a dreamer so hopefully every single whale is going to help to lift a different uh, just different, uh, giving a different hope. And the way it all fits in the theme, because the whale, not only, like, you made it for one reason, Twitter took it for another reason, yeah. and then the whale is a crypto term that's huge. Yeah. Because you're going to need to be a whale to get that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that piece at the end yeah, of the day, there you sure. go. It, it so all like, makes sense, right? It's just crazy. But then the, commu the community in the form of the birds is lifting the whale up yeah. and yeah. saving the, the whale. triple entendre. <laughs> yeah, it's a whale of a time. <laughs> Are you planning on tokenizing pieces in the future after, I mean, you've only, other, been, in, other pieces? You've only been in space 24 hours, but... <laughs> I mean... I, I love I love the fact that I I just like to say tokenized like I'm tokenizing it just like you just gotta sound like I'm tokenizing this yeah absolutely yeah Tokenize I, I mean, the I'm world. already doing it right now like <laughs> well, I that's another sticker you can blockchain yeah. another version of a yeah. tokenize it just tokenize everything yeah. <laughs> you can have a dumpling token saying do tokenize oh. it yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need to make the uh, oh, a yeah. blockchain emoji. Get that on there. Oh yes, yeah. a blockchain emoji. Yeah. It's uh, a what block would that look like? It's a block and a chain. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> what What's next on the plate for you all? I still actually have a few more hours to do some drawings, so I'll probably okay. do more drawings about. Um, the conference here yeah. and then I might actually collect some of these uh, blockchain I just did a book all about family uh, just community raising kids things like that uh, cartoons mm -hmm. and but in them we're also interspersed all these blockchain comics so I might actually put out a physical book of oh, all yeah. the comics related to cryptocurrency that sort of thing you gonna make it rare sometimes it got strange 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 Rare. It's a rare dink It's voice. a possibility. If I can figure out a way to do that, I will make it rare. <laughs> Dope. Make it rain and make it rare. <laughs> all she can do this all day. I had to have a, have a feeling. <laughs> Give me some coffee and tea and I'll be fine. I know what you're doing next. You're just following the food. You're going wherever the, the coffee and tea the, is. The food? Are you sure? <laughs> and the drinks. Um... I, I think it's it's great. I'm here really kind of to meet new people and yeah. it's really wonderful to be here in New York City to see people who are in an intersection of tech and art. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm really interested in is to kind of see the intersection, see the uh, the people who are in the space and also free food, obviously. Um, <laughs> and I really believe like the, the real interesting thing is when you have the, the two um, ROMs Riam, where do you say this? The, the two intersection, like the intersection of art and tech together. Mm -hmm. This is where the magic happens. Oh, Ram. Ram. Ram, yeah, yeah. Right, I've been, I've been calling it Riam, and I feel like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's something right there. You have the R E dash 
A L M as a thing, yeah. and you tokenize it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 tokenize everything. Can we tokenize with copyrights? Can we do that? Can you create? Can you take something that you have a copyright on? No. Can you like take a word that you say you invented? Like no. we've had two words get invented on this short episode. Well, no, I guess one wasn't. We thought it was with the blockchain eyes. But Realm, can she? You can get a you can get a trademark for a phrase that represents something. So if you had Realm, Realm. Um, footwear or yeah. T-shirts, uh-huh. could you make get only it. like a hundred Realm? So only a hundred people in the yeah. world at one time can say that word. Otherwise. Something you bad be happens. To, you, you can't. You can't. Uh, fortunately, you can't keep people from talking. Okay. Right. 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 Well, that's, <laughs> right. that's yeah. something for our listeners to be aware of. You that's, cannot tokenize words. That's yeah. that's, that's important. Just, that's just the the English. Because I, I mispronounced things, and, and like people like pointed. Out, I was like, man, this is just English. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> we were talking. We were mentioning last night. We decided you have a pun for everything. <laughs> Kind of awesome. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love cartoon. Are you kidding me? That was my favorite thing. I love cartoon. Can yeah. we get a California collab going sometime? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you're in LA. Are we on the same flight? This is happening. We gotta blockchainize this. Art on the blockchain, bringing people, artists together. Love it. Well, we appreciate y'all coming on the show, and good luck with the rest of the event today. Um, is there anything else y'all want to plug or talk about before we go? Do we have we have everybody's websites? Oh yes, mention a website or or uh, Twitter handles. Sillydaddy.net, and then you'll find all my stuff. And I also just want to thank God because I really thought I wasn't coming, and it worked out, and here I am. Woo. Awesome. Uh, you can find me Yi Ying Lu uh, at. Yi Ying Lu, which is Y I Y I N G L U. That's Twitter, everything, everything basically. And email is also the same thing, just at gmail.com. We are getting later into the afternoon at Ethereal, and uh, we have a very special guest. Travis Southworth is in the house. Make some noise. Hey, hey, how you doing there? What's going on? <laughs> um, you're auctioning off a piece today with uh, Codex. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, the piece that I have at Codex is called uh, Please Cheat the Color. It is a silk piece, a uh, digital print on silk, mm-hmm. and uh, much my own practice sort of is intertwined with my professional career as a photo retoucher. And I got really interested in all the tiny things I'd have to remove from people's faces, you know, like little hairs and moles and blemishes yeah. that I wanted to see uh, what that would look like if I just erased someone's entire face and only leave those things. Uh, so they look sort of like abstract but corporeal at the same time and almost like kind of cosmic. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the some of the I've seen a bunch of your pieces and some of them are very abstract. You you couldn't tell what it was that you're working on. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them that I, I'm like, all right, he was working on a face on this one. Like you can, it's, it's cool. Like or at least that's what I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong, but um, yeah, it's very cool artwork. Like uh, and uh, I've never think- se- I've never seen anything like it. Thank so, you. Yeah. So is that your medium is silk, generally other than the photography? Uh, like silk, you know, like paper. Uh, I do a lot of like sculpture as well, but the, the past few years it's mostly been like like working digitally, and sometimes they only exist digitally, uh, which is why I was really interested in blockchain technology, and some of them are you know, like printed on silk or paper. Okay. Yeah. You got some pieces with Super Rare too that have been mm-hmm. 
big yeah. song, yes? Yeah, that was the, the first uh, platform that I tested. The tokenizing the digital artwork uh, was super rare. How's that going? Uh, it's going good. A couple of pieces have sold. You know, yeah. I'm sort of like using it as a way to experiment because, uh, you know, it's a very like small community at, yeah. at the moment. So I'm sort of, uh, you know, having a couple pieces out there for like very affordable. Yeah, because uh, I always play with that. I have like you know maybe like larger pieces that I kind of hold for someone who's like a more serious art collector, and I also make pieces that are affordable for anyone to buy. Right, right. Like you know, like fifty or like a hundred dollars. So, how, how do you feel about like the rare and the digital scarcity? Like how's that? How's that affect with the with the digital realm? Like how do you? How does that play into how you're selling your art or making your art? Like for me, it ended up being very natural because uh, I started working digitally uh, back in the late 90s. I was like an early adopter of Photoshop. And uh, I was also studying like painting and drawing uh, as well and photography. So it ended up sort of like all blending together. It's like even though a lot of my works are based on photographs, they end up being much more like paintings. Yeah. And I, for certain pieces, I was never really satisfied with actually printing them out. Like some work better than others, but I was always trying to find a way. I'm like, oh, I wish this could only exist digitally. But you know, you have the problem of like, if it's a JPEG, you could just email it to someone, and then they could copy it, and they could resize it, they could change the quality of it. Yeah. So there's always that issue, and you know, blockchain technology is, you know, kind of working towards uh, making, you know, digital assets scarce. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, I, I've been, I've been wrapping my head around. I think I've been talking on podcasts a little bit. How the um, how that works, and this is what you said is right. Like, if you have a digital piece. And it gets out there, and it's out there, and anybody can have it. But what I think people are starting to understand is the pieces you buy now, I think what the people are doing is they're going to give you a higher quality res file. You know what I mean? Like, with mm -hmm. with what you buy, then maybe, like, the JPEGs out there as, like, a lower quality. Or just the fact that you're, you the patronage of you bought it from the artist is kind of what's worth. Like, you're the one that provably bought this piece. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I, I own this. Like you have this JPEG, but show me how you got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I kind of relate it to a lot of uh, conceptual art pieces. There's uh, Tino Segal. He makes situations in which there actually is not a physical artwork that you own. Uh, there is a certificate of authenticity that you own, and that is representative of the artwork. And if you purchase one of his pieces, you own the rights to, you know, uh, re get that artwork reperformed. So it's kind of like tokenization, like the, the token is kind of like representative of the artwork since yeah. it's a digital file. Mm -hmm. You know, someone could technically still copy that digital file, but you can prove that you own the token. So the token to me in a way is like the certificate of authenticity. That's really what you're buying when you buy the digital yeah, rare you're art. Owning, you're, you're buying like the ability to prove that you own the work. Right, right, yeah. right. I'm interested in, because one of the things that gets talked about a lot of their artists who are not familiar with this and they're trying to come up with, well, what's, what's the benefit? It seems like, you know, you have been doing this for a while, you've been dabbling in all different areas, and it sounds like you're actually keeping your art in all areas. You're not restricting yourself to, I'm not going to ever put anything in a gallery, I'm only going to go digital or anything like that. But what are the kinds of things you would could say to someone who's on the edge, you know, listening to you speak right now and thinking you know should I should I take that leap yeah I mean art in many ways is a, a lot of well like experimentation you know uh, 
So I always try to experiment in small ways first and see if it's something that I want to be part of like my art practice. Uh, I make a lot of different things. Sometimes they're things I never really show anyone or sometimes I, it ends up being a successful piece and I have to decide uh, you know, how I want that artwork to be viewed. Uh, so I go back and forth uh, personally as like I have sculptural works, I have works that are images but they're printed on physical you know, objects or pieces of silk or paper and I have my ones that exist digitally. So for me I kind of start out with some of like the smaller uh, pieces and you know, like I put a couple on there. I was, you know, starting with like small additions to incentivize people. I'm like, okay, like here's this one, and it's edition of three. So only three people can own that since you can tie those to a token and can be proved uh, on the blockchain. Uh, so I would just say to people, it's like, you know, experiment in small ways, uh, talk to other artists who uh, have been, you know, using this, and that's what I was sort of doing. Uh, you know, because I've shown it like museums and galleries, and I was talking to some other artists about, you know, different platforms. I read a lot about them. You know, there was like Super Rare, the uh, Rare Art Labs, uh, the Ascribe platform, and uh, you know, Codex is coming up. But I think Codex is focusing more on uh, physical artworks. Yeah. 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 There's definitely a. There's almost like camps, and then there's somebody in the middle. You know, that are tr they're trying the pure digital physical and they're trying to find ways for you know provenance and using blockchain for that and then there it's easier when it's digital native you know to to use these these uh, platforms because it's already in the format and then having the physical things it's a little more difficult so people are asking have been asking me well what are the tools to protect a physical piece in blockchain and I was giving them examples some of the, sometimes it's QR code some people are using um, color blood yeah as, as things that are either embedded or put on the, the piece. Um, but So there seems to be like, is there are there two different camps? But then, then there are people, so, so it's like you are in the middle of these things where as long as things are being done correctly, you're more concerned about it being being right. It's not necessarily, I mean, do you care about the, the method? Uh, sort of like yes and no, I think about it you know, because I, I worked at Auction House uh, a long time ago, and I know uh, a little bit about like provenance and how it works. And you know, people can still forge provenance. You know, you, there are people who are really good at like you know making an exact painting of uh, you know Matisse, and you know making fake uh, catalogs for that artwork. And so, there's nothing's going to be perfect because uh, yeah, like my silk artwork, like. Yeah, right. That's going to be on the, the Codex uh, blockchain, but you can't attach something to it. You know, you, you can't embed something in a, a piece of silk like that, or if you spray something, it's going to you know ruin the artwork. So I think about it in the, the context of like, all right, people just have to, at some point, generally agree that, you know, this is how the system works, and some people are going to have to be, um, I don't know, observer is like the right word, or... Not actually curating it, but it's, you know, we're still, I think, a few years away. Well, it's all away. an experiment at the end of the day, right? We're kind of all experimenting with different platforms and different ways this is all working, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think the same. It's like, it's like uh, I think Jonathan Mann, or I think he wrote the piece uh, a little while ago about how he was comparing the platforms to how like how many search engines there were back in the day before Google kind of took over yeah and it's the same thing like you use a bunch of different search engines because you got different results and it's the same thing like we're 
as artists, we're using different platforms um, and searching out what is the best way for the consumer and yourself mm -hmm. to, to make this all work, right? Yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, there's quite a few platforms out there. You know, like Verizart is uh, another one. Uh, and I'm, personally, I'm still trying to learn uh, how each one works. And in the end, for the you know, art galleries, museums, and auction houses, there really needs to be like maybe like one or a couple platforms. There can't be like 30 platforms because then it's, there's no like interoperability uh, between them. Uh, so you know, it's still really early. Uh, one thing I had seen that's that's seen recently has been the um, using color sequences of of uh, physical art. So they're using the color code as a way of authenticating the piece. So for example, each artist on the physical piece, if they're blending, if it's a if it's painting or something like that, if there's a blend, it's unique because you have a, a specific stroke and you have if you have pink and then purple and then that middle is a is a color code that would be helpful in in uh, identifying whether or not that's a the, your real piece. And that was really interesting to me because then you basically get the color code sequence and it gets hashed and that's how you can detect forgery because if it was a fake it would not have that color sequence so it was it was kind of interesting that I because I'm interested in the physical how do you how do you put, put that on the so it'd be like the, a color sequence of the the painting per se or? yeah so it's basically taking the colors and identifying the unique things and then it takes like eight of those colors hashes hmm. it and then it becomes yeah. So, but I, like, how would that work for like an installation or like a sculpture, though? Oh, it might not work for an installation. <laughs> well, at least a sculpture, you can put a private key inside the sculpture. Inside of it, and right? Then, and then you got to break it to yeah, get there's the that. private key. But then you destroy your artwork. You got to break the sculpture you know, to get so, the private yeah, key to prove that so, it's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounds like that's an art piece in itself. Yeah, you almost turn your art. Wait, I'll, I'll be right back. No. <laughs> Make it happen, trap. Yeah, I, I got a blockchain that. <laughs> Well, yo, good luck on selling the piece today. Um, I got a good feeling this auction is yeah, pretty so crazy tonight. Yeah, I'm already very excited. There's a lot of people here. It seems to be a, a good amount of interest in uh, all, all the works. There's a lot of uh, amazing artists uh, part of uh, this program. And I'm really uh, thankful for uh, Codex and uh, Thrill Summit and Consensus. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, you know everyone at the Art on the Blockchain, you oh, know, both of you do really great work. We appreciate you know. that. Yeah. Thanks. It's nice yeah. to see the real the person. Behind yeah, behind yeah, the, yeah. We're meeting the avatar. All the famous, or all the names of people. Uh, yeah, behind like a long time social list media. There. Yeah, like we've all been talking <laughs> here and there, and it's like, it's cool. It's cool to see like faces and uh, interact with yeah. a human way, uh, <laughs> without it, the blockchain. But but thanks to the blockchain. Exactly. It, it, it's weird. It reminds me of um, back in the day. I was part of this like super early online community. I, I think it was called the Park. It was like one of the very first internet oh, chat gosh. rooms from like yeah. the early '90s. And uh, I was on there a lot. You know, I was like in high school, and you know, you talk to these people who you don't know who they are, and maybe it's this person, or maybe it's yeah. someone else that they're saying they are. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up did like, meet some of them in person. It's always like funny, like you're sort of like online uh, idea of who someone is, or like what they look like, yeah. or their mannerisms, and like meeting them in person. It's actually like been really great. Cause, do, uh, do you find that there is the mannerisms are the same online as in real life, or do you find a difference? Like sometimes uh, it depends on like how much information you really have from that person. Yeah. You know, it's like you two. I, I can like you know hear you through like the the podcast or like you know, like other people I only know through like their their tweets or on like Telegram. Right, right, right. So. True.
Well, shit, good, good luck today, and I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. Hello, everyone. This is Jessica Angel from Art Project Decentralized. Yo, 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 yo this is Rare Kev from Rare Art Labs. This is Jimmy Song. You're listening to Art on the Blockchain. What, 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 what's up, party people? This is Chris DeRose, and you're tuned in to Art on the Blockchain with your hosts, Jay Skrilla and Cynthia Gayton. Well, we're so happy to have Crypto Graffiti here in person. Likewise. And because uh, we had a conversation a couple months ago, interviewed episode for... Episode 9. Episode ten. 9. Oh, 10. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was 10. Episode it was 10. 10. <laughs> yep. Seems that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty exciting. You've got a, a piece for up for auction, and it's an iconic piece. I want to just talk to you just you know briefly, because I know you have to go out and do some stuff, but... A little bit about the piece, a little bit why you're here, and you know, let us know what's going on. Yeah. Let the audience know what's going on. Uh, definitely. So um, I'm here because there's a ton of innovation in the art space happening here. Um, so I've done uh, a huge conference circuit the last couple of years, and this is like really amazing and surprising. So from the uh, the maker uh, section to the auction that that Jess with Codex is putting on. It's just uh, really, really, really cool. And uh, it shows the power of some of the uh, different platforms outside of Bitcoin. Um, so I'm kind of ambidextrous. I love Bitcoin. It's like my baby. But, you know, a lot of the innovation is happening with uh, with Ethereum and other other projects. So happy to be here and, and learn and, and, uh, and help out a bit with the auction. Um, the piece is a serigraph. Uh, I originally... Uh, did my sort of homage to Robert Indiana's uh, iconic love sculpture a couple years ago for uh, an art show in San Francisco that I helped put on with other uh, crypto artists. It that was, a mysterious exchange owns, right? Say it again? That a mysterious exchange might own, right? Oh, Is that the piece? That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> an exchange that may not be named, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. they probably wouldn't care, but just, just in case, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, being an attorney. So, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I want, it was sort of at this time where I was producing work um, that I, I just wanted crypto to be more in popular culture, and so I wanted to make pop art and sort of riff on these uh, uh, iconic uh, popular art images. And so I made this hodl sculpture, uh, which was uh, based off of the, the love sculpture. Um, and so that was the original uh, interpretation of it. I've since done serigraphs. Um, of, of the work and I'm using, the canvas is a, a, a bank money bag. So if you look closely at the piece that's here, that you can actually see the bank logo sort of within the piece. Um, and yeah, so we're auctioning that off and um, I'm just excited to help give back because the money's gonna go towards helping out other artists that are exploring this, this new frontier that is the blockchain. So, and uh, HODL of course, uh, most people probably listen to this podcast know what it means, I think, by now, but can yeah, you explain that? The uh, Bitcoin Talk Forum. Oh, yeah, um, Bitcoin Talk, yeah. Back, God, what was that, 2000, early 13? 2014, maybe late 2013, uh, in a expletive-filled rant. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. A gentleman uh, <laughs> went off in all caps talking about how we need to persevere and we need to hold our Bitcoin and not sell in these times of uncertainty and the FUD. And so um, he misspelled hold. Uh, uh, 
H-O-D-L, and so HODL was born and people just ran with it. And so it's now all over the place in meme form and uh, is its own uh, pop art, I guess. Yeah, very iconic. Um, what's your favorite piece outside of yours? That you've seen today. That's here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fail whale, I've always just like loved. Yeah, it. yeah. So, that's, that's everybody's favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's so badass. Um, I mean, there's there's a ton. Uh, Tyler's work yeah, yeah. Um, is also just stunning. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys are documenting or someone's also putting up uh, different images uh, yeah. if you're not checking out online. But yeah, there's, there's uh, a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, and happy to see uh, some partnerships of people coming together. Uh, Mural, which has the, the digital displays, is working with Rare Art Labs, and mm -hmm. that's going to uh, help what, in my opinion, is kind of a bottleneck that we got going on where we need we need people like showing off their art. And, yeah. uh, and we got to get it off of the, the little screens and onto the bigger ones so we can get it out there and, uh, and uh, feel special that we have these dank rares. Dope. So well, how do you feel about like this this environment? How is this different from like a regular gallery opportunity it, or is there a difference oh yeah uh, it's I mean just in this particular setting there's so much going on not only just with the conference but um, the the art that's happening in the maker section um, I'm actually working on a piece here too it's just when you when you I bring saw together, a little bit of paint is that paint yeah yeah, I've got, <laughs> yeah he's over there working like okay. he's a, he, I just didn't want to <laughs> I wanted to get some stuff done I, I have a piece that I want to put out here in in New York so well, you're, you're working with food and sculpture over there. It's uh, in response to Warren Buffett's calling uh, Bitcoin rat poison. I'm making a street art piece I'm going to go put up at Berkshire made out of rat poison. <laughs> and uh, you were just in a, a nice article, um, I think Bloomberg put it out, right? And uh, talking about your yeah. Jamie Dimon piece. Yeah. And yeah. I saw them kind of like at... Did they add Jamie Dimon or they just added you and talked about Jamie Dimon? I don't know, but anyway, it looked like Bloomberg was trying to start a beef between <laughs> you guys, you and Jamie Dimon. Yeah, I don't want to beef with Jamie Dimon. No, you don't. don't Nobody does. But uh, <laughs> on a personal level, I think yeah. the industry should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was amazing. It was part of a, a, a piece featuring other art and also the auction. Um, yeah. So they... They tweeted it out, and it was it was really cool. They, yeah. uh, I, I respect uh, a lot of the the writing that Bloomberg's doing in the space. Not so much some of the other outlets, but they're they they uh, put some time into. Yeah, that was a good that was a good article. I had it covered a lot. So. Yeah. So the some the person who provided some of the information has been writing a lot about this space. So it, that's kind of nice to see that there's now journalists who have background in this who are also talking to other journalists and giving them clues about what to pay attention to yeah. because you can tell that, that they're becoming more educated and not repeating the same things that are either not true or inaccurate or something. There seems to be a lot, and, and that's, that's actually good for everybody because then the news is more reliable. Yeah. Exactly, and it's so fast-paced the news and, and complex and so when you can really break it down into stuff that the masses can really understand it's good Are we, can we expect a fake news piece from you eventually <laughs> uh odds are good <laughs> <laughs> cool man. well thanks for coming out and uh talking to us again and uh definitely look forward to the auction later yeah. likewise and you guys listen to art on the blockchain awesome thank you Ladies and gentlemen and other, we have the world famous Dada 
NYC in the building. Judy and Bea are in the house, and this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it since the Rare Art Festival back in January. We have the pleasure of sitting down with the two lovely ladies, and we want to know about Dada. Um, I guess there's a lot to cover, but um, let's start before blockchain. How did Dada start, and how did you all start that community? I just have to say, this is my lifelong dream come true. This is Judy. <laughs> I've been pestering these guys for this to happen. I, I almost feel sorry for them at this point. But that actually is the brainchild of Beatrice, who is sitting right next to me. And I think maybe you should tell the story. Did you go to the jungle and drop acid or something? Or? I, I went, I did, I did ayahuasca in Peru. I did, I did, I did. Woo! That's a spicy interview, folks. But we're going to have to give it to you another time. The Dada Ladies, the Further Field and Sam Hart interview will be a full broadcast later on. This was not accidental. During the ethereal event, we wanted to make sure we had in-depth discussions with those two camps. We've been talking for uh, months and months about it. So we're going to give the just do and have a separate episode featuring those two um, interviews and a lot of spice involved in those interviews, so uh, hopefully you all stay tuned. And thanks for tuning in. This was the Ethereal Broadcast, and we're out. This is Art of Blockchain. I'm here with Cynthia, Jay Scarlett, Jordy D, B-Bot, and me. I am called uh, DJ Barack Obama. I'm a big fan of him. Thank you. And uh, and uh, can you please check out my Snapchat, Pepe? And, it, and I really hope you like it because it took me about like two hours to draw. And also like this Pepe called Jason Pepe that my cousin made, and he also took a long time for him. So I guys want you to like both of them. And you are listening to Art of Blockchain, and thank you for your time. With three, with time is three point zero 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 one. Cut. <laughs>